Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host, Ryan Gable. 
and you are tuned into the Secret Teachings Radio for the next two hours here on GroundZero.radio. Or if you're choosing to listen in the Secret Teachings Archive on the website as a subscriber, I really appreciate your support. If you're not a subscriber, you can go to the website and subscribe today to get access to the ad-free show, montages, my digital books, and a private RSS feed. And you can also search The Secret Teachings on any radio or podcast player and listen to the show there for free. You just have to listen to some of those annoying advertisements, but if you can get through those, we get a little bit of income from that, so that also supports the show. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com and tstradio at protonmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, and you can find us on Twitter at TST underscore underscore radio. The music that you're hearing right now that I put into the introduction, I changed the intro music on occasion, and the music that you hear on the bumpers throughout the show, it's all from White Bat Audio, and they let us use their music for free. That's White Bat Audio. If you're interested in the music, if you like the music, you can check them out on YouTube. That's White Bat Audio. So last night's show got a lot of uh, good reviews. I had a lot of people email me and tell me that they thought we went very deep into the subject of cryptocurrency and FTX and the money laundering in Ukraine. And I appreciate the support. I appreciate everybody who messaged me and told me what they thought of the show last night. Uh, Just like any other night, really appreciate the feedback. And I was thinking about the show after the show. I couldn't really sleep last night. I was thinking about the show after the show. And I was thinking about one thing I missed, one thing I didn't point out last night. And that is the, um, I was sort of waiting to see what was happening. Uh, Should have mentioned it anyway, but the so-called missile attack or the accidental missile attack, um, the accidental bombardment of a Polish town on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning, two people were killed when explosions rocked this Polish town of, and I don't want to try to pronounce it, I'm sure I'm going to pronounce it wrong, uh, Perzwaldo, I have no idea. I cannot pronounce the word. So it's a town that borders Ukraine. And uh, according to Polish officials, explosions and two people died. The incident came amid a heavy rocket attack by the Russians on Ukraine. And as a result of that rocket attack, uh, reportedly dozens of of missiles were fired. Uh, Some of the missiles uh, supposedly hit this town and killed two people. But the issue is Poland is a member of NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. And if anybody doesn't know about NATO, NATO is a 30-member military alliance and A strike on one country is considered a strike on all countries. Article number five of the NATO agreement states, an armed attack against one or more of the members in Europe or North America shall be considered an attack against them all. Now, reportedly, Poland might invoke Article four of the NATO treaty rather than Article five, which allows members to bring any issue of concern, especially related to security, for discussion at the North Atlantic Council, the alliance's political decision body. As of today, as of this morning, there's no indication that they've done that 
or intended to invoke Article 5 either. However, the reason that I should have brought this up last night is because the White House yesterday asked for close to, it was $36, $37 billion. And by the time the day ended, uh, that number reported by the New York uh, Times and others went up to close to $50 billion. So in other words, we found out last night, we learned last night on the secret teachings, we talked about it last night, we actually learned on Friday of last week, that this cryptocurrency company, FTX, that had made a deal with the Ukrainians and Zelensky after the parliament of Ukraine passed a law to regulate cryptocurrency and Zelensky signed that law and then made an agreement with FTX and set up a website for aid to come into Ukraine through crypto donations. And they made 48 to a hundred million within the first couple of days, a lot of money that's back in March. And within a couple of months, they made obscene, ungodly amounts of money. We're talking billions of dollars. We don't even actually know exactly how much they made in the crypto donations yet that I've read. And what was happening was, if you missed last night's show, FTX was taking that money and they were transforming it into fiat currency to put into the National Bank of Ukraine. And then... A lot of that money, which was supposed to go for bandages and bullets and things like that, got put back into the original hands, the original donors' pockets. Now, that in and of itself is extremely, extremely suspicious. It's conspiracy, it's fraud, and it's a lot of other things. Mixed in with that, you have billions within the company itself that went missing, there are reportedly hundreds, if not thousands, of clients that have lost their money from investing in this crypto system, which, uh, honestly, as far as I'm concerned, you get what you deserve. You can make a lot of money. You can lose a lot of money. I don't really see why uh, you know, people think that it's some kind of amazing, strange thing when they lose money investing in something that doesn't exist. But that's neither here nor there. That's my, my bias. I don't, I don't like crypto. I don't like digital. But then we found out that the guy that was running the company, Bankman Fried, he transferred $10 billion of the money to a trading firm called Alameda. And Alameda, the trading firm, is actually run by his girlfriend. Convenient, wouldn't you say? So he transfers this money. Caroline Ellison is his girlfriend that ran the trading company. And then the company goes bankrupt. They go, they declare bankruptcy on last, uh, last Friday, on Friday. And they say they don't know where this money went. He says he's looking into it. Turns out he was involved in the scam. According to his own company, he put a backdoor system into the, um, I guess, accounting or the financial system, a backdoor uh, into that system so he could move funds around without alerting people including external auditors. So they turned over FTX to a guy named John J. Ray III, who was the restructuring specialist who handled the liquidation of Enron. Seems like a similar situation where they take the billions and they run away. So it's a very similar situation to Enron, but going back to why it's even more significant that the money that went to Ukraine was put back in the hands of the original donors 
is because this man, Bankman, which is a, such a funny name, Bankman, uh, Bankman Fried or Freed. I've heard people pronounce his name Freed. I, I, th- I just said Fried, Bankman Fried. He uh, was, well, he was the second largest campaign contributor to the Democratic Party. And with the exception of the Rhino Republicans in Congress and generally around the United States, most of this money went to the campaigns of Democrats. In other words, Democrats want to give all this money to Ukraine. A lot of it goes in crypto, and then it comes back to the donors to get around campaign finance laws, caps on donations to campaigns. Joe Biden got $5 million clean from this bankman kid. But then it goes even further. I was talking to Clyde yesterday before his show, and we were talking about Bankman Fried's mother, Barbara Fried. Barbara Fried is a Stanford professor, and the Stanford professor, um, Barbara Fried, is an advocate for disruptive or disturbative, uh, disturbative justice, which is what AOC promotes. It's, in essence, um, Saul Alinsky type social uh, social justice. It's um, protesting, it's anger, it's emotion, it's sitting in the middle of a road with a climate change sign, it's throwing paint on priceless works of art that were never even made with the same kind of oil, that uh, <laughs> they were made with plant-based oils, almost all of them. And we see that we actually have seen, I don't know, it's like a dozen or something more uh, of those cases. Just saw another one this morning. Climate activists throw liquid at Klimp painting in Vienna. Uh, this was in Austria. Famous painting by Gustav Klimp. Uh, black oily liquid they threw on the frame. And the, the ironic thing is most of the time what they're throwing is actually made with, or it's packaged in, something that's made with the kind of oil they don't like. But the painting is made with plant-based oils. It's very ironic, and it shows the ignorance and, and the, the arrogance of these people and how these young kids are really brainwashed and how they've been turned into activists and how they cannot think for themselves. And it's very disturbing. And if you've read my book, The Technological Elixir, or you can find it online, The Changing Images of Man is a document out of Stanford University that says, very similar to what, Bankman Fried's mother, Barbara, uh, was an advocate for, is an advocate for. It says they will use black consciousness, the youth, and women's liberation to alter and to change society. In other words, black consciousness is Black Lives Matter in one form or another. The youth is, well, the angry youth, the David Hogg types, the Greta Thunberg types that you can't address. You can't argue with or debate because they're children, right? And then women's liberation is, of course, the women's marches and Me Too and all this type of thing. This is policy. This is cultural, social policy. And Barbara Fried is one of the proponents of this. She's also an advocate for new property theory, which we can imagine would mean that you don't own anything and you like it. And not only was Bankman the second largest contributor to the Democratic Party, which is the biggest contributor to the Ukrainian war chest with your money and with the value of your assets and what you have investments in and what you own. And, you know, this is part of the reason you're paying higher and higher and higher and higher prices everywhere. 
His mother is also a huge contributor to the Democratic Party. She set up Mind the Gap, a political action committee. They've donated tens of millions of dollars to Democrats. The group, funny enough, was founded by the Facebook co-founder Dustin Moskovitz, Google CEO Eric Schmidt, and a number of other Democratic donors in Silicon Valley. You know, the hundred millionaire or the billionaire types, the, the people that the Democrats really hate, but they, they get their funding from these people. And the group is also run by Graham Gottlieb, who was a executive director, uh, is an executive director, and is also a former Barack Obama both aide and uh, worked in the Obama White House. So you can see the fingerprints of Obama and Google and Facebook and Silicon Valley all over these political action campaigns. Uh, not to mention, part of this brief recap from last night, uh, not to mention that uh, Bankman Fried also set up Democratic Protect Our Future PAC in May of this year with a lot of that FTX money. And he pledged a billion dollars if Donald Trump decides to run for president, which, as of last night, Donald Trump has declared that he is going to run for president again. So you see how all of this information, whether it's FTX or it's Donald Trump giving a speech last night and telling you that he's going to run for president again, there's an intimately, um, intimately connected series of things here. Now, last night when Donald Trump announced that he was running for president, ABC, NBC, CBS, all of them decided to stick with their previously scheduled entertainment programming, such as Bachelor in Paradise. That's a, a whopper of a show. Uh, fictional drama, Les Bray, and a number of others uh, about the FBI uh, on CBS. So they chose to stick with their normal programming and not film, not broadcast the former president of the United States announcing that he's going to run for president again. Now, personally, as you know, I don't like Donald Trump. There are certain things Donald Trump did as president I completely agree with, and there are certain things he did that I completely disagree with. The problem is you cannot have a discussion with a Trump supporter about what you dislike. And likewise, you can't have a discussion with someone who hates Trump about things that you like. In fact, I can't even have a discussion with someone who hates Trump about things I don't like about Trump because they think it's being too soft. They're obsessed. Both sides. At least one side I kind of understand. The side that hates Trump, I don't get it. It's an obsession. You're more obsessed with Trump than his supporters are. What's the deal? So he announces he's running for president. Once again, the major news networks don't care. But then, you know, when you think about it, when you really sit down... And you really consider all of the supposed uh, hatred and all of the supposed um, opposition. You realize, as we have discussed before on this show, the mainstream media loves Donald Trump. And his haters also love him. They love to hate him. Why? Because it gives them something to complain about. It gives them something to bitch about. It gives them something to fight against. It gives them a common enemy. And that's what's really important, the common enemy. Ironically, it thus seems as if the people that hate Donald Trump that tend to be on the left of the political spectrum are actually supporting and buying into 
the neocon ideology of the enemy image. Have you noticed this? I told you that I watched um, Tulsi Gabbard, a few minutes of her talk when she hosted Tucker Carlson the other night. Uh, on occasion, I'll turn on Tucker Carlson, but I don't watch TV otherwise. And I listened to her talk for a few minutes, and I was wondering how a former Democrat, who I don't know if she's a Republican now or what she is, and some of the people she had on the show, how Fox News of all places and how the Republican Party in particular was advocating for not only stopping the bleeding of our economy and stopping the the leaking of our um, assets and wealth to a foreign country run by Nazis, they were advocating for the stoppage of, of war and conflict. No more war. Stop the war. Stop the conflict. Stop the bombing. Stop the funding of it. Stop the weapons. And it's just like something that you would think that even five years ago, let alone 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the Democratic left was an advocate for anti-war, no blood for oil, all that kind of stuff. Now, the Democratic left believes in the enemy image ideology of the Karl Rove neocon types, the rhino types, the enemy image. You have to have one to keep society together. That's why they love Donald Trump. They love to hate Donald Trump. He's an image. He's a symbol. He's a, he's a, a representation of why they get out of bed in the morning so they can hate him, so they can yell at him, so they can have something to talk about on their Twitter and their Instagram and their TikTok, so they can have something to talk about with their family that doesn't know anything either, except they know they don't like Donald Trump. They've bought into the neocon ideology of both being pro-war and of fighting against a common enemy. Now, I've noticed this. I'm wondering if anybody else has noticed this. If you have, I'd love to hear your opinion if you email me at rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. Those are the two things. War and financing the military-industrial complex and the enemy image. It could have been Osama bin Laden, which it was for a long time. Could have been Muammar Gaddafi, which it was for a long time. Now the chickens have come home to roost, and now the enemy image is former president of the United States. And I've noticed here in Arizona, during the lead up to the midterm election, which they're still not finished with it here, by the way, the governor's race, uh, it's going to court. Uh, the courts are going to decide if people were disenfranchised. There's going to be lawsuits. Uh, there's going to possibly be a non-certification of the election. It's probably quite intentional to lead to these legal actions. So you can paint, as the media will and already has, people like Carrie Lake as election deniers and so on and so forth. So even here in Arizona, it's like if you say, hey, I don't trust, say, Katie Hobbs, the woman that was counting her own ballots. You get called a Trump supporter. I don't even know what that means. These people are so obsessed with this guy. So obsessed it's unhealthy. So he announces he's running for president last night. The major news networks don't want to carry the press conference, the talk, because they have other things to do. Likewise, just a few days ago, if you follow this stuff, you saw that Donald Trump targeted 
the governor of Florida and uh, made some very inflammatory comments to which the governor of Florida brushed it off. I think DeSantis is a much more viable presidential candidate, and I think that the guy is a much better leader than Donald Trump. He showed you that in Florida. What he did in Florida, Trump refused to do in the White House. And yet people are still obsessed with Trump. That's why I get upset at both Trump supporters and people that don't like the guy. He's someone for you to hold on to, for for someone that you hope can save you. And that's not healthy. That's not a good thing for both your party, for your politics, and for your own psyche. You should not be looking for a savior. You should not be holding on to somebody like Donald Trump who showed you and proved to you that he was not the leader that he could have been during the so-called pandemic. So I get upset at both sides in regard to this. So the thing is, though, these these people that don't like Donald Trump that claim to be anti-fascists are the biggest now, apparently. I, I just, I can't, I can't look away from it. I see it all the time. Uh, the president yesterday just wanted to, he asked Congress for almost $50 billion more to go to Ukraine. And, and back to what I was saying at the beginning, don't you find it suspicious that right when it seemed as if there were certain aspects of the war dying down, Russia pulls out of one of the cities, we learn about the FTX crypto money laundering scam, and that might turn some people off to giving more money to Ukraine. And then suddenly, missiles hit Poland. Oh, no, we have to invoke article number four. What's article number four? We give them more money. Oh, okay, we'll give them more money now. And we forget about the money laundering. And the people that want to do that are the ones that have bought into the enemy image ideology and the military industrial complex. That's who's benefiting from this. Those that control the enemy image narrative and those that control and run the military industrial complex. Those are the people that are benefiting from Ukraine. Those are the ones that are benefiting from the crypto money laundering. Those are the ones that are benefiting, despite the fact that major news outlets don't want to broadcast Donald Trump's talk last night. Those are the ones that are going to benefit from everything he says, even if they don't cover it. They're going to benefit from everything other people say about him, which is. It, well, it's it's you know what it is, it's the straw man. They build up a straw man. They don't let you hear what he actually has to say. And then they tell you on other news networks what he actually said. I, I read a thing this morning, in fact, uh, CNN, 20 things Trump said last night that were incorrect. So the news won't. CBS, NBC and ABC broadcast the speech, but then afterward, NPR, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS tell you what he said, although they won't broadcast it. I mean, don't you find that wrong? What about freedom of speech? So I guess we can add to the neocon ideology of the new modern political left. They're pro-war. They're pro-military industrial complex. They're pro-enemy image narrative. And they're pro-censorship and straw man. Censor the enemy. Censor the enemy image, if you will. And then tell other people what they actually said. I don't have to tell you how dangerous this is. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Another 90 minutes to go here on the broadcast. TheSecretTeachings.info. RDGable at Yahoo.com. TST Radio at ProtonMail.com. There's a lot more coming up. Don't go anywhere.
The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. Ground Zero to the Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. If you'd like to hear more of the Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. I'm still trying to figure out how to use Twitter, if I'm being honest with you. And I I blocked Rob Reiner because I get his tweets, although I don't follow him because they push them to the very top of the Twitter feed. And I guess since I blocked him, they decided to replace Rob Reiner with somebody else. Now I'm getting messages. Now I'm getting tweets from uh, John Fetterman. <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but I'm getting tweets put to the top of my feed on Twitter for John Fetterman. And I wanted to read you actually what this tweet was that was promoted. It says the Senate is closer than ever to finally passing a bill to protect same sex marriage. Honestly, this is the type of legislation that should pass 100 to zero. It's just common sense, equality always. And then a bunch of rainbow flags, whatever that means. He says, pass the damn bill. That's his message to his GOP colleagues. So here's my question. Why is it, one, that I'm getting John Fetterman, when I don't follow him, I'm getting John Fetterman notifications on my Twitter? Probably the algorithm, right? And number two, whether John Fetterman actually won the Senate seat in Pennsylvania or not is irrelevant to to my, my point of view here. Why is it that... He says the biggest issue, the one thing that needs to happen is we need to pass a bill to protect same-sex marriage. I hope you're paying attention to tonight's show because every little detail builds up to a crescendo. Okay, the, the guy that helped the Democrats win majority in the Senate 
says that the biggest issue right now, one of the biggest issues is passing a bill to legalize same-sex marriage, which at the moment, Supreme Court case law holds that it's not illegal for gay folks to get married. I mean, I haven't even seen this in the news. I haven't seen this on Twitter or social media. I haven't seen anybody talking about gay marriage. I thought that was like so early 2000s. Is this such a big issue that the Senate needs to drop everything they're doing except voting to send more money to Ukraine? Well, Congress does that. But, you know, do they need to drop everything they're doing right now to vote to <laughs> legalize gay marriage? Is that what everybody's concerned with? You think about that for a moment and you realize it's just part of the political and ideological strategy. So in the first segment tonight, we looked at the new neocon. Uh, the new neocon or the new neocon order is particularly progressive leftists that are pro-war, pro-military industrial complex, and who fundamentally have submitted to the Karl Rove and the neocon in general, I think Karl Rove, neocon image of, of the enemy narrative. That in order to have a cohesive society, you have to have an enemy image. And Donald Trump is that enemy image. When he spoke last night, and he said he's running for president, NBC, CBS, and others refused to air the broadcast. However, they then published articles the next morning today telling you what he said, though they won't let you actually see what he said. You have to go listen to what he said, and then you have to read what they told you he said, which is always in contradiction to what he actually said. It's not just Donald Trump. Kanye West is another good example. Kyrene Irving is another good example. They censor them, they block them, they prevent them from speaking, they ban them, they cancel them, and then they tell you what they actually said. I mean, this is what they did to Alex Jones, like Alex Jones or not. They censor him, they block him, they ban him, and then they create a straw man and burn it down. This has happened with Alex, it's happened with Donald, it's happened with Kanye, it's happened with Kyrie Irving. He's not as censored, but he posts something on Twitter that somebody doesn't like, and he has to pay half a million dollars to Jewish organizations. The neocon image is pro-war, right? It's the enemy image narrative. It's pro-censorship, no free speech, no freedom of the press, and creating the straw man so that they can burn it down. They can create whatever they want out of the straw man. That's the whole point. You can make your enemy whatever you want it to be. You are building it. It's like Build-A-Bear except it's, it's, it's build an enemy image. And then, of course, the emotional aspect of everything. Now, this is a, a traditional left-wing um, Saul Alinsky-type thing. This is where you focus solely on singular issues that drive emotional people insane, and then you focus all the energy and attention on that, and that becomes all anybody cares about, anybody is willing to vote for, etc. That's why John Fetterman, the guy with brain damage, says that the most important thing to do in Senate right now when he takes office is to make sure that we get a bill passed to legalize gay marriage. That's all these people care about. I wonder, for example, in fact, I'd like to, I'd like to put a call out. 
I put a call out to my Jewish listeners recently. I got a few people that messaged me, and I have I've apologized for the few of you I haven't gotten back to yet. I just have so many emails. And I put out a call. I want to put out a call tonight to anybody who's listening who considers themselves gay or homosexual. Is that what you're concerned with? I really want to know. Are gay people concerned with gay marriage, same-sex marriage, or are you concerned with gas prices, food prices, rental costs, and, I don't know, potentially thermonuclear war? What exactly are you concerned with? Because the last time I checked, the average person, no matter where they want to stick it or where they want it to be stuck, are really concerned with when they put their gas pump in the car. They're really concerned with going out to get some food. They're really concerned with paying their power bill. They're really concerned with paying their rent. They're really concerned with crime in their city. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're walking down the street holding a pretty young lady's hand or you're walking down the street holding, you know, your, 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 your gay partner's hand. Uh, criminals don't care. Drug dealers and, and drug addicts and homeless people that are nuts and crazy don't care. So, uh, you know, homosexual marriage or same sex marriage, I, I say all the names because I don't know, you know, how you interpret it, how you perceive it. Homosexual marriage, gay marriage, same sex marriage, whatever. I usually prefer same sex marriage. I think it sounds sounds more cohesive. All those things. Why is that the center of attention? I mean, George Carlin probably said it best. They, they, they keep your attention on these things and then they keep going to the bank. And that's what's happening. Now, I don't know if you find it suspicious like I do. Maybe you didn't think about it. Maybe you haven't realized it. I did not mention it on last night's show. But as we unraveled and uncovered last night, the FTX cryptocurrency money laundering scandal between the Democratic Party and Ukraine, going back to March, and then a series of packs and groups set up by the founder of FTX and his mother, who is a rules for radical Alinskyite at Stanford University as a professor, donating hundreds of millions of dollars. We're not exactly sure how much. Uh, his mom's group, 20 plus million. Him, I think he was in the 50 plus million. I mean, we're, we're $100 million or more. He was the second biggest campaign contributor behind Soros, George Soros, and that was $128 million. So we're talking probably almost $100 million. So it's a lot of money. A lot of money. So Biggest campaign contributed to the Democratic Party. They're pushing for the funding to Ukraine. Zelensky signs the law for crypto regulation. They take the crypto, they turn it into fiat, and then rather than using it for the war, a lot of it after people get paid and Bankman from FTX, he gets his money, then they just funnel it back into the Democratic Party and some Republican campaigns and coffers as well, those that play ball. This is not debatable. We talked about this last night. This is well documented now in the last couple of days. Uh, this is not something that's a debatable issue. But beyond that, once that information came out over the weekend, and once the public became aware of it, theoretically, when you find out that the Democratic Party has been running a money laundering operation in Ukraine, you would think that some people might take their Ukrainian flags down off their houses, off their Twitter pages, or maybe they would just think again before they would say, let's send more money to Ukraine. Theoretically, a rational person would be like, whoa, they've been laundering money to get around laws and they've been laundering money. They've been stealing, laundering the money and then putting it back into their own pockets. My God, that's corrupt. That's money laundering by definition. That's what they've been doing. 
They might also think, well, I don't think we should give any more money to Ukraine because we don't know where the money's going to go. Okay. And then once people become aware of that, then it's. And a little town in Poland gets blown to pieces and two people die. And suddenly we have to invoke article number four of the NATO agreement. And for those of you like me, I didn't know what Article 4 was off the top of my head. So I raised my hand and I said, yes, teacher, can you tell me what Article 4 is? And the teacher said, yeah, it means that groups can get together. The NATO groups can get together and they can have a discussion and they can decide one of the primary things, whether they want to send more money to that country. I mean, does anybody recognize this or am I completely alone on this? I imagine most of you listening to this show get it. I imagine most of Clyde's audience get it, gets it. I know Clyde gets it. Uh, you know, here on Ground Zero Dot Radio, one of the few places I think people actually get it. Literally, they get caught laundering money to the Democratic Party, and then within hours, within just a few days, a missile hits Poland, and then suddenly, oh no, we can't prove that Russia did it, but we're pretty sure Russia did it. We know Putin did it. He wanted to kill those civilians in Poland. And then they want to invoke Article 4. Article 5 is basically retaliation. An armed attack against one is an armed attack against all in Europe, North America, etc. Article 4 is let's get together, talk, and give more money. So right when they found, right when they found out that the con, that the scam, one of them was exposed, people probably don't want to give more money considering that it's been laundered and put back into the Democratic Party in some Republican hands. So... I don't know if I want to give any more money to this cause. And then the missile. Well, we have to invoke Article 4. What's that? We have to give them more money. Okay, well, let's keep giving them more money again. I mean, it's it's, it's so naked. It's so naked. You know, it's like the emperor has no clothes, but the emperor looks more like one of those one of those bodies at Mosey in Tampa, that museum where they peel the skin off and you can see the muscles. The emperor doesn't even have any skin. That's how exposed the emperor is. Oops, we got caught in a money laundering racket. Nobody's going to want to give them any more money. So why don't we have a missile hit this village and then that'll be in NATO territory and then we can justify invoking Article 4, which means we give them more money. So then we're back to giving them more money again. And so Joe Biden says just hours after that and just days after we find out about the money laundering of which his campaign received millions of dollars, the White House requests, according to The New York Times, $48 billion from Congress for Ukraine. And they slip this in pandemic aid. They want more money for pandemic aid. That's the New York Times. So if you're following along, you've got the crypto con, you've got the nickel and coining you. That's what they're doing. You've got the money laundering and the money going back into the Democratic Party. You've got Bankman Fried, Sam Bankman Fried, and his mom, Barbara who's a rules for radical Saul Alinsky type, Hillary Clinton type, all of them funneling obscene amounts of money to the Democratic Party. With Google and Facebook executives helping to run the operation. And as we talked about last night, we found out that Google is censoring 10 of 12 that were looked at political campaigns by Republicans. They're censoring their websites. They're driving the search results down, according to Media Research Center. Seven Republican candidates' websites were completely hidden from the first page of Google search results. 
according to the MRC. While Republicans were hitting eight Democrat candidates and websites that were promoted within the first six results on Google, they popped right up. Of course, Zuckerberg told Joe Rogan, yeah, the FBI came to me and told me to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story. Not just the laptop story, but that also takes you to Ukraine and Burisma and all the money and 10% to the big guy and Ashley Biden's diary and having showers with his daughter and all that kind of stuff. That's just on the surface. Remember, Joe Biden told the former president of Ukraine, don't let Donald Trump find out what we're giving you money for. We don't want him to get wise and figure out why you need more money. Because they've been running a money laundering operation with God knows what else, human trafficking, drug trafficking, weapon trafficking, you name it, for a decade. From the Obama administration through the Trump administration into the Biden administration or the third Obama term. I think it's pretty naked. Again, I don't think the emperor even has any skin. That's how naked it is. And right when they find out, oh, there's there's money laundering. Oh, we can't trust them to give more money to Ukraine. Zelensky demands more money. And then a missile hits Poland. And then, well, we have to invoke Article 4. What's that? Well, we give them more money. Convenient. But it gets even better than that, folks. Remember when the Nord Stream pipeline, oops, just blew up? And um, Joe Biden said, his press secretary said, we're going to make sure that, you know, if something happens, um, something happens with Russia, uh, those pipelines are going to be taken out. And then the pipelines get taken out. And uh, Joe Biden's like, well, uh, you know, I mean, you shouldn't have done what we told you not to do. And then we wouldn't have had to have, uh, you know, watched as someone conveniently blew the pipeline up. So and they were running exercise, military exercise in that that area. The U.S. Navy was so that's, you know, compounding the issue. We did a whole show on this. But my, my, my point is, I'm pretty sure that the White House was responsible for blowing up those pipelines, which are actually German territory. So it was an active um, engagement on an ally of ours. It was an act of war on Germany, but that's neither here nor there. This is what I'm really concerned with. The Associated Press has cited three U.S. officials that spoke on a condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to publi- uh, publicly discuss the issue, suggesting that this is the AP, that the missile was not fired from Russian forces, but was fired from Ukrainian forces. Now, whether it was intentional or not, these three people quoted said that the missile was fired by Ukrainian forces at an incoming Russian missile to defend against an attack on Ukraine's electrical infrastructure. In other words, Ukraine files, fires a missile to stop a Russian missile. The Russian missile gets past the Ukrainian missile, and the Ukrainian missile hits Poland. Even if it's an accident, that looks kind of bad, so let's blame it on Russia. Even if it's an accident, maybe if it was an accident, you'd go to Poland and be like, listen... We accidentally hit you with a missile. We're sorry about that. It wasn't Russia, so let's not start a thermonuclear war or a wider war in Europe. Let's not do that again. Perhaps because Poland has been very reserved in response to this from what I've read. So perhaps Poland knows that it was a Ukrainian missile. Poland knows that it wasn't Russian. That's why they're not invoking Article 5. They're invoking Article 4, which is give more money to Ukraine. But then that makes me suspicious because 
Ukraine accidentally hits Poland with a missile, if that's the case, literally, literally in the fallout aftermath of we shouldn't give Ukraine any more money because the Democrats and some Republicans have been using it as a money laundering operation. We need a justification in order to give them more money. And then accidentally, Ukraine fires a missile into Poland trying to hit a Russian missile. And we have justification for sending more money where Joe Biden asks for $48 billion. I think it's $37 billion for Ukraine. It's like close to $10 billion for pandemic relief. How about cleaning up the streets of American cities? How about using that money to, I don't know, build back better the infrastructure where roads and bridges and tunnels are crumbling around the country. But that justification that we need a justified event or an event that justifies giving more money, that's also part of the neocon ideology, is it not? Pro-war, pro-military industrial complex, pro-censorship, building up a straw man, pro-use of emotional terror, to advance your agenda ideologically and then events that justify what you want to do. Like, I don't know, PNAC, the project for the new American century and the what? Remember what it was that George Bush said? The what? The new Pearl Harbor, an event that justifies doing the things that we want to do in this document. So it's not suspicious when we have a new Pearl Harbor like 9-11. Just coincidental. That was a neocon document. I'd say maybe with the exception of this emotional terror, although that is certainly part and uh, parcel of the terrorist uh, image, this is the neocon strategy. Pro-war, pro-censorship, and pro-strawman, pro-manufacturing an event to justify what you want to get done, and pro-enemy image. They hate Donald Trump, and they have to have Donald Trump to hold the system together. This is the neocon strategy. So when you're looking at what's happening in Ukraine and you're watching Ukraine accidentally hit Poland with a missile, I'm not even sure if I believe that. I wouldn't be surprised, call me a conspiracy theorist, if instead of Russia accidentally hitting Poland, which I find very hard to believe, in in that case... You know, you have the possibility that Russia did it um, intentionally. I don't find that to be the case. I don't think that that's logical. The world has already turned against Russia. Why would Russia want to exacerbate that problem more? They have no uh, reason to strike Poland as a justification for something. Their focus is on territorial issues and uh, civilian issues in Ukraine. Um, Well, pretty much throughout the whole country of Ukraine. So I don't think Russia has any reason to do that. Now, if Russia fired a missile and it was close to the border and Ukraine fired a missile to stop it and it missed and it hit Poland, I could buy that. And that's what the Associated Press is reporting, that the missile that hit Poland was actually a Ukrainian missile that was targeting a Russian missile. But then that also makes Ukraine look like they were defending themselves from the evil Russians. It was just all an accident and that's why Poland probably hasn't you know, responded in the way that they, they could have or they should have responded had it been a direct target by Russia, even if it were an accident. 
But what makes me really suspicious is that it happens right when we find out about the money laundering scheme, when politicians and others are calling for no more donations, no more money giving to you, given to Ukraine based on the fact that they've been laundering the money. What did you what did you think they were doing with it? It's a shakedown operation. And so the response then is no more money cutting it off. So you need a justifiable event, an event that justifies giving more money. So whatever happened there on the border of Poland and Ukraine, a missile blows up. It's part of a village. It kills two people. And then there is the immediate justification to give more money, which Joe Biden immediately went to Congress and immediately requested 36 plus billion dollars to go to Ukraine after they just got caught laundering money back to his political campaign, back to the Democratic Party. You see how it all connects. You see how it's all pretty easily identifiable. If I'm being honest with you, folks, I didn't even prepare for tonight's show. I just knew these stories and I read the articles. Maybe that's preparation. And here we are. I think it's pretty simple to figure out. They, it's not even hidden in the, in, the, in the mainstream media. Okay, money laundering operation. We need justification to give them more money. Here's a missile that hits Poland. It's not a Russian missile. Three officials, according to the AP, says it was a Ukrainian missile. I think that Ukraine probably did it intentionally. If it was an accident, I could buy the accident story. The problem is I can't buy the accident story when the reaction from Poland is let's invoke Article 4 to give Ukraine more money right after they found out we all found out about the money laundering scandal. If that didn't happen and it was, you know, if it was, you know, maybe three weeks ago and a missile hit Poland, then I would say, well, maybe it really was an accident. But when you have the timeline of events, need justification. Here's justification. It's a Ukrainian missile. Oh, they probably fired it intentionally. Poland said, go ahead, hit the village, and then we'll use this as justification to pour more money into Ukraine. And everybody gets a little piece of it. That's not a conspiracy theory. That is the most logical way to analyze what is happening. Now, personally, I don't really care what example is true, whether it was an accident or it was intentionally. I'm simply saying it's very suspicious that you need justification. You need that neocon justification for a new Pearl Harbor, which in this case is, well, the justification needs to justify the event needs to justify giving more money away, which is a lot. It's a lot more than just giving money away. Okay. We're talking about weapons. We're talking about arms. We're talking about the control of countries and regions and the narrative. Oh, and what Klaus Schwab said, at the G20. Did I forget to mention Klaus? Let's let Klaus tell you about what he thinks of the future and what he thinks of the world. That's what this is about. It's one thing to funnel all that money back into the pockets of Democrats and a few Republicans. It's one thing to just steal money, money launder, and things like that. It's one thing to accidentally hit your neighboring country with a missile trying to stop a Russian missile. And again, I think it was probably intentional because they need more justification to send more money after the money laundering scandal breaks. And if that is the case, as a friend of mine messaged me earlier, Joseph Lavelle, he said, if it is the case, if it is true that Ukraine hit Poland with a missile intentionally, whether Poland knew or not, isn't that justification then to launch a physical assault on Ukraine because Poland's a NATO ally and they were attacked by Ukraine? So an attack on Poland is an attack on the United States? I think the whole thing 
is about unraveling the status quo. It's like Klaus Schwab said at the G20. We have to restructure the whole world. Of course, if you look at all the challenges, we can speak about the multi-crisis. An economic, a political, a social, an ecological, an institutional crisis. But actually, what we have to confront is a deep, systemic and structural restructuring of our world. A restructuring of our world. As Klaus Schwab at the G20 wants to restructure the world, that's part of what's happening in Ukraine. It's not just about money laundering. Again, this is the neocon system, pro-war, military-industrial complex, the enemy image narrative, pro-censorship, pro-strawman, if you will, and justifying your agenda through events that are manufactured. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. Hello. Folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings, excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call up to the fall of back to me. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi everyone, this is Mark Passio and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. tuned into the secret teachings radio i'm your host ryan gable welcome to the second hour of the show if you're listening on ground zero dot radio the aftermath fm app or if you're listening in the free archive on many radio and podcast players that are available like apple podcasts the most popular probably as well as others you can listen to the show on those and of course as you're hearing now you have some advertisements perhaps you're listening in the free archive if you listen to those ads though we get support from that if you don't want to listen to them you can always subscribe to the ad free show www.thesecretteachings.info and of course if you're listening on ground zero radio monday through friday right after clyde and ground zero end the secret teachings comes on 10 p.m to midnight pacific time Again, Monday through Friday. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com, tstradio at protonmail.com. Those are the two emails, and I really would appreciate your feedback. So what do we have going on tonight? We have an extension of our show last night in part, because as soon as we learned about the FTX crypto con, the crypto donation website Aid for Ukraine, and the agreement between Zelensky, the Ukrainian parliament, and FTX to take donations and to transfer them into fiat currency in the National Bank of Ukraine and then to distribute that money for Band-Aids and bullets. Turns out a lot of that money started back in March of this year. A lot of that money disappeared. Not only did that money disappear, but a lot of the other investors in FTX, they also lost their money. Billions of dollars gone missing. At least $10 billion traded or given away or transferred, I think is the right word, transferred to a trading firm called Alameda, for which the FTX founder, Bankman Fried, well, he was um, sleeping with the girl there. It was his girlfriend who ran Alameda. $10 billion. And then he ran away, just like Enron. And then they actually hired uh, or put in charge. I'm not sure how this works. They put a guy named John J. Ray III in charge of restructuring and handling the liquidation process of FTX, this same guy that handled Enron when it fell apart. Then we learned that FTX was actually laundering money for the Democratic Party. Oops. We learned that Bankman Fried's mother, Barbara Fried, is a Stanford professor and an Alinskyite. You know, Saul Alinsky rules for radicals. She's a advocate for disruptive or disturbative justice. She is an advocate for property theory, new property theory, meaning you don't own anything and, well, you're happy about it. And if you're not happy, then, uh, well, you don't get to live anymore. She also is the co-founder of Mind the Gap, a political action committee that has donated tens of millions of dollars to Democrats. This is how they get around campaign finance laws and things like that. And that group is run by a former co-founder, or I should say co-founder, former employee at Facebook, co-founder of Facebook, and a former Google CEO, Eric Schmidt, 
They put it all together with a bunch of billionaires in Silicon Valley to give all this money to Democrats. I thought they were the party of the people. Unless they're talking about the people in Silicon Valley, then yes, they are the people of those people. Uh, In the same way that Bill Gates called the Senate and said, you're going to pass the Inflation Reduction Act because I said so. And they said, yes, sir, we will pass it. And it was passed because Bill Gates told them to do it. And that's mainstream news if you don't believe me. So it's billionaires, lots of billionaires. And they're giving a lot of money and getting around laws to the Democratic Party and to some Republican candidates that they can control as well. So as soon as we found out about this FTX scandal, about this con, about this money laundering operation, a lot of people became even more staunchly opposed to giving more money to Ukraine, especially considering that some of the money laundering went right back into the pockets of Joe Biden. At least $5 million, admittedly $5 million. And Bankman Fried, who ran FTX, probably just a figurehead, who put a backdoor into the system so he could move money around without anybody catching him or finding out. Second largest donor to the Democratic Party. And this guy, funny thing is, this guy, Bankman Fried, which is a hilarious name, he pledged a billion dollars, a billion dollars to the Democratic Party if Donald Trump decided to run. So as that scandal breaks, last night Donald Trump does say that he's going to run for president. ABC, NBC, and CBS all said, no, we're not going to air that broadcast, but we will be happy tomorrow morning, this morning, Wednesday, November 16th, to run hit pieces on the former president and tell you what he said, but we won't actually show you what he said. You know, the same thing they do with Kanye West and Alex Jones and anybody else who steps out of line with the narrative. So, They won't air the broadcast. Then they run hit pieces the next day. But despite the fact that they act like they hate Donald Trump, they actually love Donald Trump. This is free publicity. People tune in because they want to hear what they have to say about Donald Trump, how much they hate him. In other words, Donald Trump is the enemy image of the new neocon party, the neocon liberal party. They have to have an enemy image to hold themselves together. Otherwise, they have nothing to run on. They have nothing to discuss. It's hatred for Donald Trump, January 6th, and abortion. They are running on the neocon platform. You want more proof of that? These are the people that, on average, are so pro-war. I mean, they're sexually aroused. They want war, 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 war. Give more money, 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 money. Give all the money from the United States to Ukraine. And when we get caught in a money laundering scandal, it doesn't matter. Just give them more money. And that's what makes me suspicious. When I heard yesterday, didn't talk about it on the show, but talking about it tonight, that a missile struck Poland claiming, uh, the media claimed it was from Russia, turns out, according to the Associated Press, three sources in the U.S. government said the missile was actually Ukrainian but that it was shot at a Russian missile to stop it. It missed, and then it struck Poland. Now, Poland has not responded in the way that you would think they would respond had they been attacked, even accidentally, by Russia. Article 5 of the NATO agreement, which Poland is a part of, Article 5 is basically you know, an armed attack on one is an armed attack on others. So 
they can use that to justify direct retaliation. Now, since that isn't really the goal, I don't believe nuclear war and I don't believe uh, widespread uh, conflict of this manner is really the, the ultimate goal here. I don't believe that at all. They're trying to gobble up all the wealth and vertically integrate everything into their own pockets at the tip top of the proverbial pyramid. They're not going to blow it all away. However, Article 4 allows for NATO groups, NATO countries to come together and discuss things like giving more money to those countries. I wouldn't be surprised if they now say we got to get money to Poland, too. But right now, focused on Ukraine. So, in other words, once we find out about the money laundering scandal, once we find out about the money laundering going to the Democratic Party, which is the primary party giving all this money, along with the rhino neocon type people, to Ukraine, and everybody sort of backs off and is like, oh, I don't know if I trust that. They're laundering money. I don't know if I trust giving them any more money. Well, you need to because Poland was now just attacked. They've yet to do it, but reports are they're going to invoke Article 4, and they're, which basically doesn't mean anything except they're just going to get together and talk. But as soon as they say this, or invoke Article 4, Joe Biden jumps to the ready. He goes to Congress. He says, you need to give me more money for Ukraine. Give me $36, $37 billion. And while you're at it, tack on another 11 or 12. Actually, give me $48 billion because I need money for the pandemic too. That's literally what the New York Times is reporting. $48 billion from Congress for Ukraine and pandemic aid. Unbelievable. And yet it's very believable. So they basically have used the missile strike in Poland to suggest they don't even have to invoke Article 4 to suggest they're going to invoke Article 4 so they can get countries to just basically just throw more money at them. And if the missile came from Ukraine, not Russia, it's even more deceptive, more fraudulent, more criminal. I go a step further than that. I don't think it was an accident. I think that this is layers and layers and layers of disinformation. I think it was intentional. They knew the money was probably going to be cut off in some way. So they shot a missile just right on the border, not into the heart of Poland, just right on the border. Didn't kill a bunch of people, just two people. Still tragic for those people and their families. But shoot a missile, blow up part of a village. They don't care. I mean, they're parking military equipment next to schools and hospitals. So the Russians attack it and they can say, look, the Russians are attacking the schools and the hospitals. That's Amnesty International reported that. Firing a missile into a village in another country, they don't care. I think that's what they did. Because they did it, or it was an accident, right when we found out about the money laundering. Seems suspicious to me. They did it so that they could justify more military-industrial complex spending, which is the neocon PNAC New Pearl Harbor of the Dick Cheney administration, or the Bush administration, excuse me. War, military-industrial complex financing, the enemy image. Who's the enemy image to these people? It's Donald Trump, who they censor and then build a straw man and tell you what he said, but you're not allowed to listen to what he said. And then events like the missile in Poland, which is an event like a new Pearl Harbor that justifies sending even more money to Ukraine. Do you see how this all works, because I'm pretty sure that it's very naked. 
And I'm pretty sure that I'm not a geopolitical expert. I'm pretty sure that I don't know what's going on in Ukraine. I'm pretty sure that most of the people who tell you they do also don't know what's going on in Ukraine. I'm pretty sure that the money laundering operation of FTX is not the only money laundering operation. I'm pretty sure they've been doing this for close to a decade. Considering that I've listened to the phone call, I have a copy of it, the audio of Joe Biden as vice president telling the former president of Ukraine that you need to be careful, do whatever you can to make sure that the incoming president, Donald Trump, doesn't find out why we're giving you so much money. Doesn't find out where the billions are coming from. We don't need him poking around and asking questions. Your physical safety, he tells the former president, well, it, it really relies on whether or not Donald Trump finds out what we're doing. In effect, threatening to kill the president of Ukraine, the former president of Ukraine. I don't know, that's kind of criminal to me. That's kind of suspicious to me. But, you know, what do I know? What do I know? I would just prefer to live in a country where we have um, a legal system of immigration and we help people get off the streets and we don't have drugs everywhere and we teach our kids math and science and history. I'd prefer to live in that world, but apparently that world's racist, so I'm not allowed to live in it anymore. This is the neocon strategy. This is the neocon ideology from war and the military-industrial complex to the very foundation core of it, manufacturing events to justify your agenda and the enemy image narrative. That's what Donald Trump is. He's the enemy image that holds these people together. That's what it's all about. You know, when I wrote my book, Liberty Shrugged, I read a couple of books on Chinese history. I had read them a few, uh, like a year before I wrote my book, Liberty Shrugged. And I went back and I dug through those books for some material. And one thing I found was that um, the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, or the Bolshevik Red Terror, and the Mao Great Leap Forward and Cultural Revolution were intended to do a couple of different things. One, they were intended to destroy families and friendships and communities. And two, to produce a docile population by transforming almost every act and every utterance into a potential crime. As one teacher put it, this is a quote from a Chinese citizen going back, I don't know the exact year, I think it was sometime during the um, Cultural Revolution, which was in the late 50s and 60s. One teacher put it this way, quote, It's best not to say too much. If you say something wrong, you will be in trouble. In other words, brainwash and terrorize people so that they believe at any moment, any action or lack of action, any word or lack of using a specific word is a potential crime. And a clever tactic of communists and Bolsheviks, if you will, involves encouraging criticism to strengthen the party and isolate resistance. In China, in 1956 through 1957, Mao ran a program called Hundred Flowers, or the Hundred Flowers Movement. And the 1956-1957 Hundred Flowers Movement did just this. It programmed people to know that when they said something wrong, 
there were very severe consequences, which terrified people into even speaking or talking to their friends or family. Because if you say the wrong thing, you could be targeted. You could be eliminated. Quite literally, they, they just kill you. But it didn't start out directly like that. It started out more so when the party encouraged written and publicly declared dissent. In other words, the party encouraged people to write letters saying, this is what I don't like about the direction of the country. This is what I don't like that I'm having to deal with right now. Don't have any food or, you know, whatever the case is. And after some hesitation, a lot of promises by the communists, never trust communists to promise you anything, many people began to openly express their discontent. All of these harmful statements, the declarations, the actions, the letters, were then used, of course, to target and hunt down those subversives. Now, I've argued before that the modern presidency of Donald Trump cultivated the same behavior. Any association, any association, even non-association, with 45 is considered equal to white supremacy, racism, sexism, transphobia, homophobia, xenophobia, anti-immigration, etc. Members of state governments and the U.S. Congress have used their power to target anyone wishing to make America great again. People that love God, love their country, love their fellow citizen, love the republic, love equal rights. They're considered ignorant. They're considered ramblers of racist, capitalist ideology, white slave owners in contemporary times. While those making such accusations are usually very extremely wealthy, usually white, usually extremely provably racist, like Katie Hobbs and Joe Biden, and they are, of course, so-called progressives. Everyone is a potential supporter of the president, as if some foreign nation were in control, and, um, you know, these people have to be censored, canceled, and removed from society to prevent that foreign country from maintaining power. But it's really the reverse of that. It's a foreign country, a series of foreign countries and multinational corporations and banks that have hijacked the seat of the presidency and many seats in the Senate and Congress and many state governments. And when they say that there's a threat to democracy, there's a threat to the system, they're talking about the system that they've installed, which has eradicated the previous system that you thought you were living under. I don't know, the rule of law and a democratic republic. That's why they don't tell you about the republic. They tell you about democracy because it's mob rule. And because a few hundred people vote in one direction as opposed to the other, everybody has to suffer the consequences of their incompetency and their ignorance. Now, this associative identity or identifying politics is indeed a textbook tactic, so much so that the book was written on it in 1971. Some of you might know what that book is. It was written by Saul Alinsky. I call this associative identity politics because, well, for example, um, somebody messaged me and said, you're just one of those MAGA Republicans. And I said, no, I'm actually a registered independent. Well, who did you vote for? I said, um, is this supposed to be a got you moment? I voted for Carrie Lake, and then I really didn't want to vote for anybody else on the ticket. For the most part, I didn't trust Blake Masters, and I really didn't trust any very few other Republicans running. Oh, but you voted for Carrie Lake. That makes you a mega supporter. That's a Trump supporter. There he is. We've got one. There he is. Get him. Someone actually said that to me on Twitter. They, they posted something on one of my Twitter uh, 
uh, posts or comments and said, hey, we've got hey, everybody. We've got one here. Like they're supposed to call down the wrath of God on me. This is these are the the morally superior elites that believe that they're part of, well, the elite class when they're not. They just believe that they're elites because they're fighting. They're fighting the corruption, right? So in 1971, Saul Alinsky wrote this book, Rules for Radicals. And Rules for Radicals is basically a blueprint of the 1950s Hundred Flowers movement in China. It's a blueprint for Hundred Flowers, and it's a blueprint for the Donald Trump presidency. I want you to think about pre-Trump, during Trump, and post-Trump. And now last night, Trump acknowledging he's going to run for president. And the media creating a straw man, not covering it, but then you know, telling you what he said when they won't actually play what he said, just like they do with everybody else uh, that they don't like. Here is what uh, Zelensky, Freudian slip. Here's what Alinsky said. Pick a target. Freeze it. Personalize it. Polarize it. Don't try to attack abstract corporations or bureaucracies. Identify a responsible individual. Ignore attempts to shift or spread the blame. In other words, precisely what they've done with Donald Trump, but not just Donald Trump. They've also done this with the issue of abortion. Have you noticed that? Pick a target. They did abortion. Freeze it. There is no discussion on it. Personalize it. This is something that affects you. Your rights are being taken away. Polarize it. If you don't agree with me, you don't believe women have rights. Don't go after specific you know, entities like corporations or bureaucracies. Identify a responsible individual. It's because of the Supreme Court. So you send people to assassinate Supreme Court justices and you ignore attempts to shift or spread the blame. It's nobody else's fault. It's all Trump's fault. It's nobody else's fault. It's just it's just these Republicans in general, the identity of the Republican. They don't want you to have abortion rights. You know, and all of it is just it's the terminology they use, right? So a 15 week abortion ban isn't a 15 week abortion ban. It's a 15 week abortion advocacy. Allowance. You can get one up to 15 weeks for any reason. But neither side wants to discuss this because the Alinskyites are in the Republican and Democratic parties. The Alinskyites are controlling the ideological narrative. Now, you know that January 6th event and the Soviet-style show trial of uh, the people that were at the Capitol? Remember all that? Um, the use of the use of language, of course, is very important. So they they say Pearl Harbor, they say Holocaust, they say um, what else have they called? They called it all kinds of things, right? Insurrection. The use of language was really important, also to Mao and his version of what he wanted people to believe was happening. So they would call a protest a riot. They would call a peaceful entrance of a building an insurrection, same kind of thing. Um, or they would call it a siege. And when you compare that event to what happened in China in 1976, you find that there's a really close parallel, even with the dates. Not January 6th, but January 8th of 1976, Zhao Enlai, a powerful but moderate leader of the Communist Party, died. Anyone honoring his life 
was targeted by the party. Protests erupted all over the country. People tried to peacefully protest. They brought poems, flowers, wreaths, etc. And they took them to Tiananmen Square in Beijing over the next couple of weeks. This lasted for weeks. This lasted for months, from January to April. And as a result of that, because people went to the capital to peacefully protest and to hold up signs and give flowers and wreaths to the former moderate leader of the Communist Party. Historian Frank Decoder says, a, na- a nationwide crackdown followed. Thousands were arrested for counter-revolutionary crimes. Many more were interrogated. In some places, he writes, every person known to have visited the capital was investigated. Does that sound familiar to you? He goes on. In schools, factories, and offices across Beijing, people were asked about their participation in the Tiananmen Square or the Tiananmen Incident. People were commanded to denounce the event, even reading pre-prepared statements to condemn the resistance. Even though it wasn't even a resistance, it was a protest that was peaceful, and it wasn't against anything. It was basically exercising the right to protest, but it wasn't even a protest against something. It was in you know favor of and in... Um, in honor of uh, this this dead individual. So rather than um, it being a, uh, a riot or a protest, they said it was insurrection. They said it was counter-revolutionary to bring flowers to the Capitol for a former leader. This is what Mao said. This is what the Communist Party said. And this was on January 8th of 1976 this occurred. And then it lasted for several weeks. And they came after anybody who was at the Capitol. Does that sound familiar to you? And then they used that event to prevent further protests, peaceful or otherwise. Because if you wanted to go to the government and tell them, we don't like the way things are being run, well, you saw what happened in the 50s during the 100 Flowers campaign. They said, do it. People said, no. They said, no, do it. We want want to know what you think. And people wrote letters and then people disappeared. But they used those letters, and they used those declarations and those concerns that people expressed to isolate and target resistance. This is what has been done with Donald Trump. That's why the media loves Donald Trump. He is not only an enemy image that holds their narrative together, just like January 6th. He is not just the enemy image that holds their cult ideology together. Donald Trump is the face of the modern 100 Flowers campaign. He has been used to isolate and to target and then furthermore to drive a wedge between anybody who sincerely, truly loves America. This is a Bolshevik communist plot, plain and simple. And the parallels are not only in the 1976 Capitol riot, which was a peaceful protest in Tiananmen Square, but also in the 1952, as I've explained, pandemic in China. In other words, over a period of about 30 years, the communists in China used a fake pandemic, including masks, forced injections, etc., and a fake riot at the Capitol to seize more political and social and economic and psychological control over the population of China, as vast as it is. A pandemic with all the fixins and a fake riot, siege, insurrection at the Capitol. 
Does that sound familiar to you? A pandemic and an insurrection. They did this in 52. They did this in 76. They've streamlined it now. Now they can do a pandemic and an insurrection in less than four years. You know? And the other thing that bothers me about the political aspects of this is when you have, you know, I've joked about it before, but in all seriousness, you know, I don't like Dr. Oz, but just because Dr. Oz is a doctor and he was on TV doesn't mean he shouldn't be able to run for the Senate. I don't like John Fetterman, but if the guy had good ideas, no matter if he was a mayor or a trust fund kid, he should be allowed to run for Senate. And he is. You are. You can run. I mean, a TV, a former TV anchor, Carrie Lake, ran for office here in Arizona. That's still under, it's going to be under investigation and, and all kinds of other stuff going on here in Arizona. But people said, no, she doesn't deserve to run. She can't run because she was on TV, so she doesn't know anything about politics. That's the whole point of the system, you dimwit. The right people at the right time with ethical standards, with virtue, with morality, with a, with, a, with a compass in the right direction, they stand up at the right time in the right place and they do what's right and they try to run for office, to obtain power, to help the people. That's what democracy is. And they debate and discuss ideas. If you don't debate and discuss ideas and you say your opponent shouldn't be able to run because they were, oh, I don't know, a doctor on TV or they were a news anchor or they were a football player in the case of Herschel Walker. You are literally spitting into the face of what democracy is in a republic. Does anybody not does anybody realize that? Do people really truly not understand that? They should. He is the other. He was a football player. He doesn't have any experience. He shouldn't be able to run. What are his policies? What does he actually say? What is he actually doing? Those people that say that are a threat to democracy. Those people that say that are a threat to the system of government that we have, or at least the remnants of what we have. They tell you that with hundreds of millions of dollars in campaign ads that the Democrats ran in every state. It's unbelievable where all this money came from. The billionaires they hate, I guess. Maybe it came from the money laundering in Ukraine. That's where some of it came from. Telling lies, 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 lies. And we know from search engine results and from political advertisements how easily swayed people are by those lies. Google manipulates search engines. They did it with 2016 and Hillary Clinton, and they're doing it now, and they have done it with the midterms and before, and they will continue to do it. And when there's no consequence for censoring political opponents with Google, and there's no consequence for the FBI coming to Facebook and saying, censor this story, and there's no consequence for threatening to kill a former president who at the time was the president, people threatened to kill him, people threatened to shoot him, cut his head off, and all kinds of other horrible things. I don't even like Trump. But he, that's the thing, is the 100 flowers president. That's why he's the 100 flowers president. You let people attack him. He's a symbol. But then people that love him, you realize, wait a minute. Why aren't you wearing the ribbon? Why aren't you spitting on the effigy? Why aren't you burning the effigy? You know, it's like I don't smoke marijuana myself, but, you know, I've been around enough people, uh, especially when I was living in Orlando. I was, you know, at the radio station, a lot of rappers and you get in like a group of people and they're like, hey, man, you, you, you know, you want to hit or they just give it. They pass it along. and I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, you know, they think you're a cop or something, right? It's like, why aren't you spitting on the effigy of Donald Trump? Why aren't you calling him names? What are you, what are you, uh, like, what are you, American or something? 
They use it to isolate who you are, what you believe, and then target you for extermination. This is one of the principal tenets of genocide. And it starts culturally. It's called Marxism. It's called Bolshevism. It's called the Red Terror. It's called the Hundred Flowers Campaign. It's called the Cultural Revolution. It's the use of a pandemic in 1952 and a fake insurrection at the Capitol in 1976 that they have extrapolated, that they've refined, and that they've reinstituted in the American experiment. A pandemic and an insurrection within four years. And all the people that typically would be pro-free speech and pro-free press are no free press, no free speech, pro-war, when they normally would be anti-war. More money to the military-industrial complex. More money, 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 money. Got to give them more money, more money, more money to Ukraine. Oh, sure, we were laundering money, but we still need to give them more money. Well, we're not going to give them any more money. You've been been laundering money. You've you've been breaking the law. You've been doing a lot of other criminal things. Well, we have to give them more money. Well, we're not going to give them more money. Okay, well, we wait, wait, wait couple hours and then a missile hits Poland. Oh, no, the Russians attack Poland. We have to invoke Article 4 and give them more money. Turns out it was a Ukrainian missile, according to reports, out of the AP. They say it was an accident. I say it's intentional because it happened right when we wanted to stop giving money to Ukraine. Oh, no, a missile hit Poland now. You know, that piece of garbage Zelensky. You know, remember, remember that story about Dick Cheney on 9-11 and... The aide comes in, something like this. The aide comes in. And by the way, I know we skipped the break. I just, I, we don't have to take the break. I'm, I'm sorry. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Please subscribe on the website, thesecretteachings.info. Please grab a copy of one of my books. And uh, you can also listen to the show for free, five nights a week, Ground Zero Dot Radio, which you are now, or some of you might be listening now in the archive um, after the broadcast. Free archive, anywhere you look for podcasts or radio shows, you can find us. Uh, been doing this for 13 years. Email rdgable at yahoo.com, tstradio at protonmail.com. So remember that Dick Cheney story where the aide comes in and Dick Cheney's there drinking a Sprite or something. And he's like, the plane's this many miles out, this many miles out, the aide says. He says, does the plan still stand? And Dick Cheney turns. He's like, of course the plan still stands. Remember that? That's what I feel it's like behind the scenes with Zelensky. Because he's pretty mean and aggressive when he's giving those talks for social media or for some magazine or to the U.S. Congress where they put him on the screen. He's like, you will give me more money. Give me more money. Give me more money. Give me more money. If I was a congressperson, I'd stand up and I'd say some really nasty stuff to the guy. But I'm not a congressperson. So I, uh, as a radio host, this is what I feel. It's just like Dick Cheney. I bet you, I bet you that Zelensky behind the scenes when we find out about the FTX and the cryptocurrency and the money laundering, he's very angry, just like Hillary Clinton gets at the White House behind the scenes, throwing books and attacking people and, you know, whatnot. I bet you he got really angry and they were like, you know, Mr. President, um, we have some options on the table. Uh, we could fire a missile into Poland. Uh, we could uh, we could kill a bunch of civilians and then blame it on the Russians, something to justify turning the spigot back on from the West to keep moving this money around. You know, now the president of the United States, we've, you know, we work for, we've been working with him for, for, for years now. Uh, he's going to find a way to get it done. He's going to ask, you know, their Congress for more money. What do you want to do? Fire the missile, blow up Poland. Tell them the Russians did it. That guy is an absolute demon in a human's body. He is a monster criminal, a master manipulator. 
he is a psychopath on a level that that honestly I think Zelensky might be more psychopathic, more homicidal than even Joe Biden is. That's what it's like. Of course, the plan still stands. Of course, blow up that village in Poland. We need more money. Where is all this money going, by the way? Is it like the two plus trillion dollars? Remember, remember what aspartame man Donald Rumsfeld said, who sold nuclear secrets to the North Koreans, by the way, that piece of garbage. Uh, he said, um, we cannot account for $2.3 trillion. It's like, it's, it was over 2.3. It's like, I've, I've heard 2.1. I think he said 2.3. and It was like up to 2.5 trillion with a T dollars gone, missing out of the budget, gone. What happened to that money? Same kind of a thing. What is happening to the hundreds of billions of dollars directly and then indirectly through crypto, which is being funneled back into the Democratic Party? Where's that money going? Well, it's probably going to bind off the media. It's probably going to bind off politicians. It's probably going to bind off election officials. It's probably going to buy a lot of military arms to feed the military industrial complex and the war machine that just keeps on turning and turning and turning and turning and turning. And like Ozzy Osbourne said, they are like witches gathered at black masses. They are demons. They are black magicians. They don't care about human life. I don't think they even care about profit at this point. Which brings me to a little piece of, 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 of data that I mentioned last night on the show. And that is the, the idea that corporations don't even really care about money anymore. I told you a personal story last night, and then we referenced Clyde's show from last night where he said, before our show came on, he said that the stakeholder capitalism is creating an environment where the companies don't even care about money. It's about the ideology. It's about the agenda part of the ESG and all that. And well, it turns out my, my experience was at target and I walked in there and I was like, people are stealing things. You know, shelves are cleaned off. It looks like a third world country. Um, the, uh, you know, the shelves that aren't cleaned off, it looks like an earthquake hit them. And I was wondering, is this normal? And then I went over to Walmart to see Walmart looked the same way. And this is in a nicer part of town. And this is the same thing when I've been up to Phoenix. It's the same thing when I've been up to, I went up to um, uh, Flagstaff a couple weeks ago. Same thing. The only place I haven't seen that is like small towns. So I, I'm, I'm like, what, what is happening here? So I, uh, I got up this morning and I read an article. And maybe it's intuition feeding me the information a day before. I'm right where I need to be. But Target is in the news. Target says organized retail crime drove $400 million in losses in the last year, this year. So in, in about 10 to 11 months, I mean, I don't know when this data stopped, 10 months, uh, 10 and a half months. Target stores are getting looted at a massive rate. The retailer told reporters that they have lost $400 million in gross profit because of theft. $400 million in theft. That's a lot of money. Target, like I said last night, some of the corporate people probably are upset with that. Some of the accounting people, some of the, some of the district managers are probably upset. But overall, the, the model is we don't care. The model is let them steal whatever they want to steal. The model is we're going to be reimbursed by this with insurance. We're going to be reimbursed by the people that are 
helping to um, provide us with an opportunity to make obscene amounts of profit while every other business is shut down. That's what I don't understand. The Democrats that shut down businesses, just like the Republicans, all oh, the business, the big businesses made too much money. Maybe that's because you drove people to buy massive amounts of stuff because they were afraid of the pandemic at those businesses and you shut other businesses down. So you basically had a monopoly in every major city across the United States. Of course, they're going to make record profits. And then part of the criminal agenda is, well, let them just steal and loot. And based on the profits that Target met, $400 million probably isn't really that much money. Especially considering that I'm, I'm, I'm theorizing this is and this is a theory. I'm theorizing that these companies, it's basically like um, it's like a tax write off. They're just going to write it off. It doesn't matter how much money is stolen. It doesn't matter how many items are stolen. It doesn't matter how bad the store looks. People are still going to go. Society slips another tier down into chaos. People are going to go buy their garbage. They're going to go buy their trash. They're going to go buy the useless stuff they don't need with money they don't have, like George Carlin said, and they don't care. And the hundreds of millions of loss, the company doesn't care. And it drives more and more people who otherwise would be good employees, who would be good managers, who would be good at doing their job, don't want to work there because of what's allowed. Same things happen in smaller businesses here in Tucson. The business natural grocers, which I shop at quite often, they allow you to steal $900 worth of stuff. Maybe I shouldn't even say that. Maybe I shouldn't even tell you that they allow you to steal nine hundred dollars worth of stuff and walk out the front door and they will not contact the police because the police have orders that unless someone steals a certain amount of money, a certain amount of items that are worth that money. Guess what? They can't do anything to them. And yet our mayor. That criminal scumbag witch. That mayor of Tucson that we have. She says, we, we got, we're trying to work hard to reduce crime. It's just really hard. No, it's not really hard. You prosecute criminals. It's pretty easy. You enforce the rule of law. You don't tell police to stand down. You prosecute people harshly for drug offenses. When they're smoking crack outside of a, outside of a daycare center, you prosecute them. You put them in prison. It's really easy. It's really simple. Especially when it's a smaller city like Tucson. It's not Chicago. It's really simple. If I was the mayor, I could clean it up in about 30 minutes. I'm talking to all the police chiefs. You are to enforce every single crime you see being broken. And if you have to shoot somebody because they are wielding a knife or a gun, the city is going to have your back. We're going to get you the best attorneys that work for the city, and we're going to get you off the hook because we're tired of the crime. Crime would be cleaned up like that because when criminals know they cannot break the law without consequence, crime tends to plummet, but they act like they don't know what's going on, which is funny because the way that Romero works here in Tucson is the same way that Bankman Fried, the cryptocurrency con artist, is acting about the collapse of FTX. He said, get this, he said he was piecing together what happened. Okay, well, his staff said, we know what happened. He put a backdoor into the system. He stole tens of billions of dollars, and then he gave a bunch of money to Democrats. That's what he did. But they act like, we, 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 just, we don't know. We don't know what's happening. We have no idea what's happening. That piece of garbage, Katie Hobbs, who's supposedly the governor of Arizona, they asked her, she won't even talk to reporters. The reporters came up and asked her. Um, she answered this question, kind of. 
Uh, what do you think about the CDC's recommendations for COVID vaccines for kids? Would you be an advocate as governor for putting that on the vaccine schedule? Um, I don't even know what you're talking about. I've not, I don't know if I've even heard about that yet. Sure. You never heard about it. The woman that was when she was secretary of state putting a mask on, closing her office down and telling people to get forced vaccines or they should lose their jobs. Sure. She's never heard about it. Remember, remember Nadler? Nadler said the same thing. That big penguin said the same thing. He said, Antifa? They're a myth. They're a myth. They don't exist. There's no such thing as Antifa. What are you talking about? They're a myth. It's not just in contemporary times either, because if you go back um, to the 1800s, a very similar thing was happening. It wasn't Antifa. It was more like the precursor to the Ku Klux Klan. And uh, this precursor to the Ku Klux Klan, the Sons of Liberty, a pro-slavery group, one of their biggest supporters, Congressman Clement Vallandigham, said that they were simply a fiction, just like Nadler said of Antifa. They're a myth. They don't exist. See, logical, rational, common sense people cannot understand why when they watch crime skyrocket, when they watch their cities burn, when they watch police cars turned over, when they watch society crumble, how anybody can not only deny it, but tell them to their face that what they're seeing is a myth, you cannot process that information. You cannot process and understand what is happening because your fellow man is telling you you're wrong. Nobody is stealing anything. You're wrong. Nobody is burning anything. You're wrong. Crime is actually at an all-time low. Inflation doesn't exist. They taught you that word. Gas prices are not high. They're low. The president is doing good things for you. Good, common sense, hardworking people who follow the law cannot comprehend that type of delusion. I can't comprehend that type of delusion, and I do this for a living. The best I can do is point it out to you. Again, as Nadler said, Antifa's a myth. As Val Indigaham said, the Sons of Liberty, pro-slavery group, they're a fiction. They don't exist, folks. Even though I'm watching them do stuff, I'm watching them burn stuff. It's a myth. Doesn't exist. This is how you rewrite history in real time, mind you. Just like Bankman said, I don't know what happened. I'm trying to figure it out. He said, I'm piecing it together. Let me piece it together for you. You're a front man for a digital currency con working with Nazis in a foreign country to funnel money into the coffers of a criminal organization called the Democratic Party and a handful of Republican rhinos. That's what you're doing. I figured it out from my townhome here in Tucson. I figured it out here on this RE20 microphone with a really old computer that barely works. That's my whole setup. I figured it out. I figured it out. You should be able to figure out having run the company. This is the new neocon order. Pro-war, military-industrial complex, missiles that hit Poland as justification to send more money under Article 4 of the NATO agreement to Ukraine, right when we were learning about a cryptocurrency, digital currency donation aid to Ukraine scam, might have had some Nigerians working on this, some Indians working on this as well, particularly Nigerians. They're famous for this. To justify sending more money right when we were going to stop because, oh, it's just, it's 
so much fraud. But, oh, they hit Poland, so we have to go get them. Well, it turns out it was a Ukrainian missile. Turns out, I'm going to go further and say Ukraine did it intentionally. They fired a missile at that village. Poland knew it. That's why Poland isn't responding the way that you would think they would respond after being attacked on their sovereign soil. So they knew it was Ukraine. They let those villagers be killed, and they're going to get a cut of the next chunk of money, which is estimated at around $36 billion. Thank you, Joe Biden. This is the neocon agenda, war, military industrial complex, events that justify your agenda. And of course, as Donald Trump announces last night, he's running for president. What do you got? You got the enemy image again. And you got this whole illusion that ABC, NBC and CBS, they don't care about Donald Trump. No, that's all they care about. They all they all they all of them care, but they care about more about Donald Trump than his supporters care about him. They refused to air the speech last night at Mar-a-Lago. They said, we don't want to give him any airtime. Okay, fine. However, the next day, they then run hit pieces on what they said he said that they don't show you because they said they don't want you to know what he said in real time. They'd rather tell you what he said after the fact. That's building a straw man, however you want to build it, and then burning it down. It's truly unbelievable. And it's the same thing happening in midterm elections. If you disagree, if you don't think that things were conducted fairly, which 68% of the country in 2014 didn't think things were done fairly or legally or lawfully or done um, effectively or efficiently, and in 2022 it's 80%, well, then you're an election denier or whatever that means. In the same way that in 1952 and 1976, a pandemic and a capital protest in China, were turned into, you are trying to get people sick. We have to lock you up. You are trying to harm people. You are trying to overthrow the government. We're going to have to target you. We're going to have to hunt you down. We're going to have to isolate you, interrogate you, and possibly kill you because you're a threat to the Communist Party. Unbelievable. Did you know about that? 1976, the fake and absolutely manufactured insurrection of Tiananmen Square. All made up, folks, just like January 6th. January 8th is when it happened in 76 in China. Now, people were there. People did stuff. People got angry. But that's not an insurrection. But that's what Mao called it. Mao said it was a siege. It was an insurrection. It was over. They were trying to overthrow the Chinese communist government. When, in fact, all the people did was go to the capital with flowers and poems. You don't typically take flowers and poems to overthrow the government, but don't let reality get in the way of a narrative, of a good narrative. Therefore, as I said, Donald Trump is the hundred flowers president. And as Saul Alinsky said, you pick the target, you freeze it, you personalize it, you polarize it. You don't try to attack abstract things. You identify a responsible individual. It's Trump's fault, Trump's fault, Trump's fault, Trump's fault. They've gone so far, they've even got Republicans to blame Trump and they've driven a wedge into the Republican Party between Trump and DeSantis, who I don't think DeSantis is buying the bait, but Trump is such an egotistical maniac, he is biting the bait like a big fat fish and a big fat worm. This is the new neocon order, and they are gobbling up both left and right. It is a Marxist, collectivized, hive mind ideology driven by emotion and what's good for the collective. There's an answer for that question, by the way. What's good for the collective? What's good for the collective is not discriminating against people, regardless 
of the color of their skin, their sexuality, etc. Pretty sure that's enshrined in federal law and state law. What's good for the general collective of society is allowing people to do things that um, that they would like to do that makes them successful, running the business they want to run, um, doing the kind of work they want to do. You know, not, not everything's fair in the sense you get what you want, but getting what you want isn't necessarily fair. Uh, getting what you deserve is fair. Quality of opportunity, that's what benefits the collective. Therefore, the system is based on merit. And if you don't do what's right, then you don't get the rewards of what's right. You don't get the benefits of what's right. That's good for the collective. What's not good for the collective is everybody thinking the same way, acting the same way, responding the same way emotionally, hysterically, and getting together in two minutes of hate, which is ultimately what it is. It's two minutes of hate for a former president. Two minutes of hate and the hundred flowers president. A lot of different ways that you can you can analyze this and you can um, you can find parallel uh, analogies here. Two minutes of hate, hundred flowers president. It's the 1952-1976, rather, 1952-1976 pandemic slash protest at the Chinese capital. These are all things that you've seen happen today, are they not? The protest and the pandemic and then the hundred flowers in the 50s as the hundred flowers campaign in the 50s. This is the same exact thing. The same thing. They've used Trump to isolate people that love America. They've driven people insane on both sides, hysterics on the left and radicals on the right or radicals on the left, hysterics on the on the on the left or on the right. Excuse me. Um, get all jumbled around here. And then they've had the pandemic and the capital. This is literally how China was overtaken by communists. Do you understand that? They used the 100 Flowers campaign to isolate resistance. They used the pandemic to further isolate and control people. And they used the 1976 peaceful, flowery, fruitful protest at Tiananmen Square to shut down the rest of society. An enemy image, a fake pandemic in China, and a fake insurrection siege at the Capitol. Do those three things sound familiar to you, folks? Because we're not talking about 2020 or 2019 into 2020. We're not talking about um, 2022, 2021. We're not talking about the last three or four years. We're talking about 1956, 1952, roughly those those periods of the pandemic and the and the hundred flowers campaign, and 1976. That's what we're talking about. Long time ago, in a country far, far away. And of course, Orwell's two minutes of hate. That's what it's all about. Finding a way to justify your agenda. Missile hits the Polish border and well, we got to give more money. They're not going to launch nuclear weapons. They're not going to launch a wider war at the moment. They're just telling you those things so you're scared because they feed off the fear. You don't have anything to be worried about. You should be prepared, but let's be honest, okay? If there's a nuclear exchange a little iodine isn't going to save you. Your AR-15 ain't going to save you. Your food storage ain't going to save you. None of that's going to save you. There's a nuclear exchange. There probably won't be anything left to save, including you. But I don't think you should be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of a nuclear exchange. Be aware of the psychology of this, the two minutes of hate, 
the hundred flowers campaign, the fake pandemic, and of course, the fake siege at the Capitol. All of these things happened in China, not the United States. They happened in China to allow the Communist Party to obtain more political and psychological control, particularly psychological control, because then when anybody in the future, even if it was a peaceful protest, you would be associated with the insurrection at the Capitol on January 8th of 1976, and therefore you would be targeted as an insurrectionist and they would hunt you down. That's what they're doing today, isn't it? Don't they still have people in jail for that? You don't believe in what happened in the Maricopa County election office was fair with all the evidence of the, all the fraud and all the manipulation and all the disenfranchisement of voters. You don't, you don't think that that's, that's, you know, fair. You think that's unfair. You think something is afoot at this very key, crucial battleground state and border state where all the drugs and humans are smuggled across. You don't think there's something suspicious there. Well, I think you're missing some information. If you, if you do think it, then well, um, you're just a nut job, a crazy person. You are a January 6th person, an election denier. You don't believe that a pandemic's real. This is exactly what the communists did in China, and I cannot stress this enough. This is also paralleled with the neocon agenda, the pro-war, the manufacturing of events, the new Pearl Harbors to justify your agenda, and at the root core of that, where the neocon agenda merges with that communist agenda is the enemy image. You need an enemy image to hold society together. The enemy image could be capitalists. The enemy image, I can't, enemy, uh, enemy, enemy. The, the enemy image could be capitalists. The enemy image could be the two minutes of hate in the hundred flowers president that is Donald Trump, who announced last night he's running for president. And meanwhile, to distract people, John Fetterman says the most important thing to do right now is Pass a law to codify gay marriage. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Absolutely. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I hope tonight's show was informative and cohesive. Sort of threw it together at the last minute. Didn't really prepare too much for it. But I think we went in the right direction with the neocon ideology and the parallels to the communist revolution in China. Once again, I always love talking about that. I find it fascinating. I don't know anybody else who does talk about it. TheSecretTeachings.info is our website. You can subscribe to our archive, get access to the montages, the digital books, the ones I wrote, and, of course, the private RSS feed. You can visit us on the website just to see what our promos are for the night. We also post those on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter is TST underscore underscore radio. RDGable at Yahoo.com. That is the email. And Facebook.com forward slash TheSecretTeachings is Facebook. Uh, what else? All the other email, TST radio at protonmail.com. Other than that, stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Don't be afraid, be informed and be prepared. And we will talk to you on the next broadcast. The music tonight, white bat audio. This is ground zero dot radio. And if you're listening in one of the podcast radio apps, please leave us a review, a couple of stars and a little review really, really would appreciate it.
If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food Philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. 